Blog Talk Radio. Come back home to Africa. Come back home 
divine, all blessed, peace and love, joy and prosperity. You are now listening live to the Divine Prince. Olodi, the scourge of the town, Olofa, the arrow shooter, Afi Alok, Bonfo, Dachu, Icharu, user of the time to cause more confusion. Listen and you shall hear me in the wind. No, it is my thunder that gives a warning in the darkness. Do not dare deny me through false tongue, my daughters. Do not anger me with senses of blindness. For you must run wild and free of injustice to celebrate me, and it is you who must call forth the storm of change. You are now listening live and always an archive at your leisure and convenience to the Divine Prince, Pan-African spiritualist, practitioner, author, and advisor, Elagud Oloye Hudu Obea Bokur, sharing with you in all things spiritual, mystical, metaphysical, cosmic, universal, evolutionary, revolutionary, healing, and holistic from a pan-African hoodoo world spiritualist perspective, understanding that all is truly and indeed a blessing. If you can just see beyond the veils, for it is all just an illusion and a test and one of the greatest divine mysteries of this life cycle. This is my constant prayer, my mantra, affirmation, reverberation, reiteration, and my ever-living reality. And it is crucial to the very foundation of my understanding, my teaching, my walk, my works along this divine, all-blessed life path and journey. It is how I, the divine prince, make sense out of all that we are challenged with here in our daily existence on Mother Father Earth. And it is my personal place of power and understanding, the place from where I begin and the place from where I realize and crystallize all my endeavors, understanding that I and I alone create and co-create my divine destiny, and I and I alone create and co-create my divine all-blessed reality. And so it is, I say, I say, oh, I say, today is. Thursday, December 20th, 2018, and I am emanating and vibrating with you and for you live, virtually, verbally, cosmically, quantum, universally from this working temple of the Divine Prince. Hoodoo Central, Thai Potions, Blackhawk Voodoo in this legendary, historic, and most beautiful enchanted city in, in, in America, New Orleans. Louisiana, the land of my ancestors and those who came before me along this spiritualist hoodoo of man like that and journey, passing down the great Obia stick, along with the knowledge of the healing, life-giving herbs, roots, plants, rituals, spirits, and minerals. Please do continue to support me, to join me here at high noon at U.S. Central Standard Time for the Power Lunch, the revolutionary hoodoo. New Orleans voodoo secrets and recipes here on Blog Talk Radio, www.blogtalkradio.com forward slash the hyphen divine hyphen prince. And you must 
input that hyphen, that subtraction mark, in order to put up the correct URL. My live listening and call-in number is area code 347 When you are ready with your question, comment, or request, please do press the number one on your telephone keypad, and I will be more than happy to bring you into the squared circle of God and goddesses. And, of course, all of my various co-hosts, please feel free at any time to call in with your comments or opinions. Uh, you can even change the direction of the conversation if you wish to all of my co-hosts. Please do press number one. I'd be glad to bring you in. And, of course, my website where I can be reached, utilizing various means, virtually 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days a year, operating in 360 degrees of well-documented revelation and manifestation. I see clearly is www.com houseofthedivineprince.com www All is truly and indeed a blessing. I invite you to visit me and Denise Augustine in Historic Treme at www.oursacredstories.com www.oursacredstories.com for all of your tour plus experience needs, and requests. The sky's the limit. The only boundary is your imagination. www.oursacredstories.com I am because my creators are. I am because my ancestors are all-powerful, open, and receptive to all that operate for my good, infinite, eternal, everlasting, here and now, in this divine moment and time span, I create and recreate my divine destiny, and I am because my creators are beginning or ending. I am eternal, all-powerful. I create and recreate my reality, real eyes, real eyes, and see clearly that I create, you create and recreate your reality. To realize is to first understand. To realize is to then understand and realize you are and walk in magic. You are and walk in voodoo each and every day, every moment of your breathing. You are projecting upon the canvas of the universe your inner standing, your creation. And within this wisdom is the inner standing that a God, that a goddess must be in relationship with itself, a God. A goddess must be in relationship with its dark matter, a God. A goddess must be in relationship with its shadow side. And the more you can empathize, sympathize, heal, be patient with show love towards self, the greater and the bigger the gift you have to share with the circle, with the community, and with the village. I personally invoke my shadow side to teach and to show me what I'm here to learn 
and becoming a balanced and conscious being to help me to develop honor, creativity, integrity, endurance, commitment, passion, harmony, empathy, and mercy. And this is something that I do in the twilight hours. This is something that I do in the magical hours. Many of you have a life. Many of you have spouses. Many of you have children. Many of you have families. Many of you have jobs, and many of you have a schedule. But when that spirit wakes you up consistently, almost ritualistically, at that hour at, at 3.33 in the morning, at that hour at 2.12 in the morning, acknowledge spirit, acknowledge your ancestors, acknowledge your guides. I acknowledge and honor the God in you, and I honor, honor and acknowledge the humanity in you. I honor and acknowledge the God within myself, so I cannot deny the God in you. I acknowledge and honor the humanity within myself, so I cannot deny your humanity. I am in relationship with my own humanity. Therefore, I can empathize and build relationship. To deny humanity is to deny self. To deny self is to deny. To, to deny self is to deny divinity. And so it is. Today, we acknowledge in our ongoing series, Kwanzaa. I know Kwanzaa begins December 26th, but I wanted to spend these seven days before the official Kwanzaa to talk about some of the symbols of Kwanzaa, which are not always elaborated upon. Makeka, the mat, that was Monday's show. Kikumba, Chiyomoja, the unity cup. That was Tuesday. Mazao, the crops, that was Wednesday. And today we talk about Kinara. Kinara. The Kinara holds Mishu Saba, the candles, which represent the seven principles of the Inguzu Saba. They are symbolic for meaning of deeper archetypes. And they are represented by the three red candles, the three green candles, and the black candle, which we always light first, that sits in the center, that sits in the crossroads. The candle holder symbolically is an archetype representing our African ancestors. It is a representation of the root. Canards come in all types, of course, and all in many diverse artistic renderings. But traditionally, and in most cases, your canard is going to be wood, representing the earth, the root, the tree. And it's within this that we then place the seven principles of quantum, which we believe fuel our every action, our every thought, our every motivation not only during Kwanzaa, but throughout the year. Kwanzaa was created to introduce and reinforce seven basic values of African culture, 
which contribute to building and reinforcing family, community, business, economy, and culture among African-American people, as well as Africans throughout the world African diaspora, Pan-African diaspora, if you will, these values are called the Nguzu Saba, which in Swahili means the seven principles. They were developed by Dr. Karenga. The Nguzu Saba stand at the heart of the origin and meaning of what Kwanzaa is. And for it, these values, which are not only the building blocks for community, but also serve to reinforce. So the Kanara represents the root. And often I say you cannot thoroughly, fully qualified address the tree without looking at the root. You cannot diagnose the tree, the, the herbage, the leaves, which then bring forth greenery and heavy and healing without looking at the source of the leaf, the source of the plant, without looking at the root. And in the system of conjure and, and root working, the truly authentic, qualified root worker understands root. Not just putting it in a pot, <laughs> setting a candle, a light, I'm talking about truly understanding a root, cannot identify a root, understands its medicinal properties, understands the toxins present in some of these plants and herbage and trees and roots. A true root doctor has healing in one hand and poison in another. One of the greater fears of the healing practices of the Negro, if you will, in antebellum South in the time of enslavement was indeed that the midwives, the big mamas, the doctress, as they called them within these families within these plantations, were often called not only to heal the enslaved who were viewed as shadow no differently than, than the horse and the cow, but also to heal master and master wife and, and master children. And so there was a, a thin line between love and hate, a thin line between we know that these people possess a knowledge of this greenery, of this uh, vegetation that possess healing, but they also understood that within it, there are not only toxins, but poisons. And particularly when understood or misunderstood and applied in ignorance, things that could kill. So the root must be acknowledged. The root must be respected. There's a level of respect we give Big Mama and give Papa. There's a level of fear rightfully so, that should be given to Big Mama and Big Papa when respect is in this healthy and rightful place. I don't mean a fear, a, a rightful fear. I mean a fear of disappointment, a fear of, of error, a fear of rising the disappointment and the, the anger of your elder. 
many of us are are, are cut off from this uh, symbolically at the more uh, everyday level when we come from families of violence, families of abuse, absentee parents within our lineages. And so there's anger, there's a bitterness, there's a block, there's a wall that develops there that then we carry out into society and it affects how you interact with other people in, in many different scenarios. From a subconscious level, whether it's the job environment, the business environment, the educational environment, your relationship, your relationship with your with your family and your children, and so in looking at the root, we must also look at our ancestors and go back to the motherland. I strongly suggest DNA. Now is the time. Holiday season, everybody has a special on. Everybody has a discount on 23andMe, Ancestry.com. There are a few others that I can't roll off my tongue uh, immediately. I'm I'm not a a person who has a preference for one over the other. I suggest that you can uh, do as much as you can and as many as you can to get a fuller, more developed picture. I've shared my own personal DNA journey with with many of you over the years, and so I behoove you if you do have a ancestry. dot com test result, you need to go to your ancestry insight uh, homepage and look at your DNA results again. And I say this because there's been a great update in the system. My mom asked me. What is that? How does that work? Um, what, what creates an update of this kind? Well, it comes from the popularity, the accessibility, and the global uh, awareness now that this DNA is now in our reach financially. It's now made accessible to us through these venues. So you have more people submitting DNA from all over the world. Um, you have more people within your own family line in some cases, family you know and family you don't know who are submitting DNA. So the DNA technology and the DNA science itself is going to continue to change and evolve and become more detailed and more refined. Uh, I take great honor in uh, how we here at House of Divine Prince utilize voodoo ancestral practice and um, and technology, i.e. DNA, to get a better understanding not only of our ancestry but how to operate in that uh, within voodoo. So I've talked a lot about who I am and where I come and who my people are. And some of you have been with me for 30 years or more. Uh, how many of you can say you have people who've been with you uh, 30 years or more, who've been with you uh, since childhood, who, who know who you are, who've seen you evolve, who, who've seen you change? Um, I, I'm honored to have people in my life I've known um, decades. And so they have a memory. They know what I've said. They know what I've claimed over the years. They know what I've 
projected out here on the radio show about ethnicity, ancestry, and particularly my own. Um, and it continues to be reconfirmed with the ancestry. Now, I do have a few surprises, some things that I did not expect. For instance, my Native American, North, Central, South American. If you look at the map in Ancestry and then you look at your ethnic group as Native American, it's going to be followed with North, Central, and South. And so it includes as far north, northern Canada, and it includes as far south as even deep into Brazil. So I, I would suggest they change Native American to Indigenous American and begin to more specifically uh, for those markers and those traits. Another new ad to my DNA is 1% Middle Eastern. And this is important because, um, I, you know, I've rallied on uh, people who who have a romance, if you will, with Egypt. I love Egypt. I have a lot of Egyptian uh, art. I have a lot of Egyptian religious symbolism and statuary uh, in the temple. I, I love Egypt. You heard me talk about having a, a Gatana, a gypsy spirit, if you will, that has been attached to me most of my life that requires, you know, at least once a month, and, and usually on a Saturday for some reason, uh, that I get up early and, and clean the house top to bottom, and I have to play Sufi music, Arabic music, the entire time. Um, Ofa Haza is one of my favorite, favorite artists to uh, uh, listen to uh, during this, this moment of, of spiritual ritual and meditation. I've talked about um, the new Wabu and, and uh, the followers of Dr. York and, and sort of this, um, <clears throat> sort of this interest in skipping over some of the darker historic aspects of our history and our ancestry and going back to what many see as the source. Even in Rastafari, uh, we see going back to Ethiopia as the source. I see you, Josh. I'm opening up your mic um, now. Just let me um, finish what I'm saying real quick. So everybody's DNA through Ancestry.com has been updated. And now I have 1%. Native American, which can be as far north as Canada and as far south as Brazil, and I now have 1% Middle Eastern. And on the map, within this Middle Eastern region, they are including Egypt, Sudan, Somalia, Ethiopia, the Nile Valley. So some of you who have felt that pull, that call to Egypt may very well be justified in, in responding to, to that vibration, but, but don't overlook the other colored spots because these regions show up as colored spots on your map. Don't overlook the other colored spots on your map. My main or, or major DNA source is coming from Cameroon and Congo now. It has an increase by 19% Congo. So I'm now 36 
28% Cameroon, Congo. I am now 28% Benin, Togo, increased by 20%. 20%. Dada, Dagbo, Honan second. When I told you that I had your blood, I have DNA proof. DNA proof. My Mali blood increased by 11%, Joshua. Increased 7 I'm sorry, it is now 11%. It increased by 7%. I now have, which I did not have before, I expected to have and didn't have it on my original DNA, neither Ancestry or 23andMe, and that's Great Britain. And now I have 10% Great Britain. My Ghana Ivory Coast has been decreased to 18, by 18%. So I am now only 7% Ivory Coast Ghana, and they're suggesting that, that that bloodline now is more Cameroon, Congo, Benin, Togo. So I'm still Eve, still Fanti. If you, you, you've got to study your history of where these people were at a particular time and place in history. I'm still those ethnic groups. Even more so now, based on these newer DNA results. My Scandinavian, I've always known I had some Scandinavian, I just didn't know what exactly, has been refined, according to Ancestry.com, to Sweden. Um, Senegal has decreased by 3%, so I'm now only 2% Senegalese, and of course, uh, 1% North American. North, Central, and South American, 1% Middle Eastern. Um, I have no longer Nigeria, 15%. I no longer have Europe, European Western, 13%. I no longer have Africa, Southeastern, Bantu. That energy has been moved to the Nile Valley. I no longer have North African, 1%, and I no longer have Ireland, Scotland, Wales. Um, so the belief to the Broomfields, to my family, that we had, it's showing up in my test now as as Swedish and Great Britain. So you all need to reexamine your results. Have you looked at your results lately, Joshua? Yes, I have. Um, good day to everyone. I am... Um... It's funny, as you was going through yours, I was going through mine, and it actually looks <laughs> not quite similar to yours now, but I would say that it's it's changed a lot, just like yours have changed. Like the whole Nigeria, they have they had a, a lot of a, they had a higher percentage of me Nigerian. Now I'm only 1% Nigerian, which is pretty interesting um, from what it was. But now my majority of my uh, ethnic makeup is Benin and Togo at 26%. Wow. And that's 26%, and Cameroon and Congo is 23%, and Ivory Coast and Ghana is 21%. So I kind of covered, I guess, my bloodline based on this covers the coast of, of, of West Africa. <laughs> Completely right. So, and, and if I can use you as an example, <laughs> if, if you're okay with that, if I can use you as an example live on air. Um, That's fine. Yeah. You, you, you okay? Now you now need to go back and look at history and timing, mm-hmm. and and look at where 
specific ethnic groups were, and particularly during uh, uh, the 1300s, the 1400s, the 1500s, where those ethnic groups were in location to these regions that are showing up in your test. People ask me, well, how do you decipher ethnicity from them? Because all this is giving us is countries, and we know these countries are artificial, especially today. Uh, the, the, the lines of these countries are not where they were during the time of the Middle Passage. Uh, so you have to look at location, but then you have to begin to look at ethnic group and understand those histories enough to then use even more DNA information to further refine uh, ethnic groups. There are much more expensive services that I don't advertise on air um, that are much more uh, calculating in determining ethnic groups. The truth is you cannot define ethnic group from Ancestry.com. People who are saying that, that is absolutely true. You can't. But you can get regions and then have something to work with as you continue continue on your, your journey of, of defining. Mm-hmm. Traditionally, we've only used divination. You know, before DNA, we had nothing to work on, really, to build a bridge back to uh, who we were other than what has been said in our families. And so now we have access to something that can give us a, a, a different viewpoint. Yeah, you're right about that. And I, it's pretty interesting that you say that. I, I had, when you were talking about, like, the DNA and the fact that it does not give um, the truth, it doesn't, but it gives, gives us more information, um, which gives you, I mean, I, I know a lot of people, they look for the quick fix to everything. So it's like, you mm-hmm. can get straight mm-hmm. to the root of the problem. I mean, you can, you get closer to the root, but you don't, if you've been doing the homework, I know you talked about that yesterday. You've been doing the homework and continuing to ask questions to your family, continuing to piece together, you know, just the history as 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 um, as you've learned it and compared it to the things that has been researched with, with different uh, anthrop- anthrop- um, excuse me, anthropologists and other um, mm-hmm. people in the area specifically study these historical sites and historical places and, and, and gives timelines of specific areas gives you it gives you more information to apply to that information to be able to be able to say like okay so this is what I'm dealing with right now. Otherwise mm-hmm. you have nothing to really deal with. You're just sitting up here basing your own stories and folk tales which which some of those are actually accurate. But you can't. You, if you don't have any information, you can't. You have nothing to compare it to, so it makes it. It makes it a story. <laughs> that's all it makes it. So, but to give your story that's power, right. to give our ancestors ancestors power, we have to have information and data to do that. I feel. Listen, let me make it a little bit easier for our listeners. There are over two hundred and 50 ethnic groups in Nigeria, just in Nigeria, the most populous and politically influential include the Hausa and the Fulani, 29%. The Yoruba, which are are, are widely known worldwide, 
really greatly influenced a lot of our hoodoo, voodoo, and obey, and we using Yoruba words. We saying Ashe, we calling on Oshun, that's Yoruba. They're actually 21% of ethnic population in Nigeria. The Igbo or the Ibu are 18%. The Ikja or the Ija are 10%. The Kanori, 4%. The Ibibidio, 3.5%. The Tib, 2.5% of the ethnic group populations in Nigeria. When we look at the Congo, more than 250 ethnic groups have been identified and named, of which the majority are Bantu. Bantu. When I studied uh, African uh, culture and tradition at the university level, uh, often the Bantu is, is a highly focused on for many reasons that I won't elaborate on right now. The four largest groups are the Mongo, the Luba, the Congo with the K, which are all Bantu, and the Mangbetu Azande make up about 45% of the Congo population. The country has also 60,000 white Congolese, most of Belgian ancestry, who renamed after uh, the Congo uh, got its independence. So just between those two countries, those two regions, we're talking about over 500 ethnic groups. And so when I say a racial romance, I'm being facetious, but I'm not really trying to be disrespectful. But how is it everyone in Brazil, everyone in Cuba, everyone in Puerto Rico, and everyone who's claiming Ifa, Santeria, seven African powers, and even to some degree operating in hoodoo with those deities, how is it that everybody's Yoruba? I know for me, I could not invest, not just financially, emotionally, in time, in the learning of the language and the culture, fully and completely in Yoruba till I was sure that I was Yoruba. And so for me, it, it, it drew me to Ebe, to Fon, to, to these uh, ethnic groups that we often associate with voodoo. So you got a lot of voodoo in your bloodline, my brother. That Congo is very strong. <laughs> yeah, that was pretty – I mean, I was as I was going through this, I was thinking about just – his, yeah, I was thinking about that, and I was thinking about the dog bull and everybody that was there, and I was just, I was, I was, I wasn't sure until this breakdown happened, specifically where my uh, major uh, focus in reference to my uh, ancestry was coming from. Like it gave me like a very broad answer prior to this update, and it really has spreading things out and actually given me some validation of some of uh, my other extensions into uh, France, my French background and my blood. Cause that's actually next after Ivory Coast and Ghana. It's, I have like 11% French, France right after, right after Ivory Coast and uh, Ghana at 21%, which, which speaks to my, the other side of my family that came from France and 
uh, intermingled with native peoples of of the Gulf Mississippi Gulf area back in the early 1800s. It's pretty interesting, but it's 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 a validation that came from that. <clears throat> it's a story that I, I actually researched myself, but it wasn't showing in my DNA. Like it didn't give me France at all. It just gave me like a broad European or Northern European indicator. And now it's more specific now, which is pretty cool. Pretty cool. Yeah, I'm 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 grateful for knowledge, technology, evolution, improving, mm-hmm. becoming better, doing better uh, at every level. And and so this is just as I've said many times before, a tool that we can use to better ground ourselves and what Many of us already know. We know internally who we are. We are in a process of remembering. I'm often asked about reincarnation, and we don't reincarnate. I remember our reincarnated information because there's a lot to remember. And it will be awfully confusing if, you know, 20 past lives were all, you know, in our brain, in our consciousness, operating at once. Um, for many centuries, there was a belief that we didn't use 90% of our of our brain, that there's a whole other uh, region or many regions, our houses, if you will, of consciousness that humanity uh, hasn't really fully explored at the scientific level or understood, and that that could also explain why we have gifts, spiritual gifts, um, dreams, prophetic dreams, a healing uh, through your hands or, or through your eyes or through your words. Um, and so I believe even just the idea of thinking about that at, as the individual, imagining that as the individual, that there's, there's something else up there in my meditation that I could really be tapping into if I can just be still long enough, if I can just be quiet long enough, if I can just focus in on this clear quartz long enough, if I can spend the, the, the right amount of time in the sun and the right amount of time in the moon. I, I did a video earlier today about us living in an artificial environment and us not really being in contact with nature the way we would have been. Even 100 years ago, you would have had more time out, outdoors and in nature than what we have now. And that that's a, a physical and that's a metaphysical requirement for our wholeness, light. Mm. Many people who live in places like New York, Philly, uh, Detroit, uh, go through this shift in the wintertime because not only are you dealing with cold and snow, but there's not a whole lot of sunlight filtering through. And so people are losing vitamin D and people are losing other electrolytes that we receive directly from the sun. And when we look at ancient cultures who had intense sun worship. We know that there's something there to be received. Um, uh, Akhenaten and Nefertiti uh, demonstrated us receiving nourishment and abundance and manna and fulfillment from the sun. So our quartz crystals, don't put your colored stones in the sun. They will bleach them. But your clear, clear quartz crystals can go in the sun and will store that energy, and then when you're in your meditation, 
you will see that. You, you'll close your eyes and you'll see and feel that sun energy. Feel your aura. Uh, and it will download, I like to say, input bits of information, bits of understanding that you didn't have 